Hola Tom, hola Steve, tengan un excelente programa. Ustedes siempre me hacen reír, están locos. Welcome everybody to Masters of Profundication. I'm Tom with them. I'm Steve Miles. And we have a new segment we'd like to call Stuff That We Don't Know We Want to Talk About. <laughs> Do we? Because I didn't know we want to talk about that. It's meta. See? <laughs> see, how that, see how that works? I didn't know I didn't uh, know I want to talk about that stuff. I want to do something with this part of the show where we don't actually talk about what we're going to talk about, but we talk about something else. Surprise each other with a topic. Make each other talk about <gasps> it. Well, that's kind of like trivia at the end. No, no, like a topic. Like, uh, tell me what you think about. Tell me what you think about um, nuclear power. Uh, the French have figured it out and the Japanese don't. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, if if we could figure it out, it's probably one of the most efficient ways to power things. That's right. Uh-huh. It's very but, non-polluting. It's got that going for it. Yep. It gives you three-eyed fish. Always a bonus. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. I know that when I went and saw John McCain speak when he was doing his run for presidency... He said that we were going to build like three in each state or something. Holy shit! Yeah, he said it's going to. We're going to build infrastructure. We're going to build nuclear power plants, and this country is going to be run off nuclear power, and it's super efficient. Should have. Should have. Nuclear power is completely underrated. I mean, at this point, we could just put the waste in like a rocket and launch into space or something. I mean, there's got to be something we can do with it. I think the the French have figured out a way to make it so. The waste is actually used for something, don't they? Yeah, they can recycle. There's a way to recycle nuclear waste. The reason I said that is I just saw today that there was a there's a couple plants were being built somewhere that halted production indefinitely because the moon. Natural, well, because of the natural gas boom we have in the country right now has dropped the price so much that it's not cost effective to build them anymore. Yeah. Well, I that's not cool. That doesn't make monsters or glow in the dark <laughs> genitalia. Jeez. Well, I mean, mine does. <laughs> Natural gas makes your junk glow in the dark. <laughs> yeah, every it time does. I fill up at the gas station, I elicit a lot of looks from the people around me. Yeah, <laughs> I feel a that. tingle. <laughs> uh, let's see. Tell me what you think about super babies and taking bad genes out of DNA out of babies. Oh my god! Uh, when you said super babies, my first thought was if like Superman knocked up Lois Lane, what would what would happen? That's bad. Well, they they can't, right? He's an alien. Oh, they, there's a whole long essay about that. The first time, it's like in uh, Mallrats, the first time the baby kicked, he'd punch right through her uterus. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> she de- she de- Plus the fact that, you know, when he ejaculates inside her vulva, it'd be like a shotgun blast <laughs> going through her uh, her lady bits, right through her cranial orbit. I don't know. I'm trying to be very clinical about this and uh, non- Why, why is he ejaculating in her vulva? Does she have <laughs> there a situation where... He likes to have sex with her in an uncomfortable place, which is a Volvo. Like the backseat of a Volkswagen? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, so Super yeah, Babies. I, just, I, think, yeah. I think it's very desirable to screen like a fetus and see if there's going to be any defects and mm-hmm. get rid of them. But if you're going to designer babies, like I want you know my baby to have blonde hair and green eyes or black hair and blue eyes, or I want I want a, you know like an African skin baby, but with Asian... Eyes. I keep going back to eyes. I don't know why, but uh, <laughs> but you know, like designer babies, like just like oh, I want to tailor make my baby to what I like. I don't think that's a good idea because you're going to have very identifiable fad 
babies. F-A-D. Right. Don't mishear me. Uh, fat babies. Not, never again. But uh, And then you're going to have just like cycles. So you're going to look at a kid like, oh, you're part of that stupid fad that went on in the mid-2080s where everybody wanted their babies to have you know, big noses. And now the kid's stuck with a big nose because, you know, you, you had these designer stupid fat babies. Right. When they had these giant vulvas. <laughs> Those Volvos. They came out giving birth in Volvos and the kid had to be compact to get through the freaking window. Yeah. Or at least park in the right spot. But yeah, designer babies are bad. Getting rid of defects is good. And so how would you know, maybe tweaking them for high intelligence or something like that? It's probably not bad too. Yeah, because we've got to solve all these problems. Somebody's got it. I'm not going to do it. So if you could have like a like an oracle, they could look into the future and say, oh, this, this baby is going to turn out to be a meth addict and mooch off the government. You could be like, yeah, take it out of me. <laughs> or you could be like, just like his daddy. Uh, yes. <laughs> tradition. <laughs> That's right. It's a family tradition. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we should be mucking around with that kind of stuff. Even the defects or in general, like across the board? Well, when it it comes to that, like I don't have an opinion on mm. abortion or or any of that type of stuff. Like I'm I'm clearly against it for myself, but since I can't carry a baby in my body, then I really have no opinion. Well, I mean, I'm saying like if you could, if you if you had a doctor tell you, yeah, your kid's gonna be born with a I don't know cleft palate, you'd be like, let the, let's roll the dice, or would you? Oh, if you mean if my wife and I were having a kid, and then we went to the yeah. doctor and they said, you know, a cleft palate, or I like. I feel like there are manageable things that my wife and I could come to a, you know, we could talk about, but like if, if the baby were going to be like born with its heart on its outside or something like that, <laughs> only going to live a week. And then that's a different story. You could tour around the South and charge two bits of gander. <laughs> Just two bits? Two bits of gander. That's all I can charge. That's all it's worth. Wait, that's a Simpsons reference. Oh my God. Yes. It's a Simpsons reference. I can't stop. I have a problem. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah, I I need to check myself into a clinic. <laughs> the Betty Ford because clinic. They your... can make a musical out of it. Oh, damn! I did it again. <laughs> so, what have you been watching on TV? Oh, I just got done watching the latest season of Supernatural, which I told myself I wasn't going to do, but I knew I was going to do, and I did, and I did it, and it happened. And what'd you think? It wasn't that great. <laughs> God, and I knew it wasn't going to be that great. It had its moments, but it's not it, getting uh, a spinoff. There was talks of a spinoff a couple of years ago. They, they they had this episode where they introduced this whole side story about these like almost like mafia families of monsters and little Romeo Juliet type of crap. And I think they're going to call it bloodlines. And it, I, I'm watching this and I'm hearing nothing about. It. I'm watching this episode. And I'm going, yeah, I can kind of tell they're planning to make this a spinoff because the main character Sam and Dean barely had anything to do with the story. It was all about these side characters. And then sure enough, I read some of that that's supposed to be a planned spinoff. I'm like, you can't do a spinoff that way. You can't throw a concept in there for one episode and expect people to care about it enough to watch right. a spinoff. And they, and they never went forward with it. So unless they're planning to do it and I never heard about it still, I don't know. But that one got nixed, I think. Hmm. Well, I'm still plugging away with Ozark. I can't. I mean to watch that. I mean to watch The Mist. Is, it, is Ozark still worth watching? Uh, yeah, it is. It's... Like, I want to see how it ends, but it's kind of, it's getting a little bit, you know, trying too hard to be dark. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so, you know. Ooh, that does remind me, though. Do you know what's coming back? The X-Files. Are you actually, uh, yeah, I think you're right. But another season of uh, Arrested Development? Yes, it's going to be a murder mystery. Oh, really? I haven't heard that. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, it's getting uh, murdered? Oh. Oh, I don't know. Probably Lindsay. If I had to guess, well, if I had to guess, it would be 
they're going to make you think from the first episode that somebody's been murdered and oh, then they, they're really not yeah, going to be murdered. Would not have been, yeah. But who they got, I mean, if, if that's the case, so they're pretty much going to be saying one character you're not going to see. Well, they could do flashbacks or something, I guess. Yeah. Or maybe not one of the main characters gets murdered. Maybe there's a somebody else that's get murdered. And then blah, blah, blah. It's like an episode or it's like the movie Clue. <laughs> Different endings. Yeah. Oh, that would be, oh, I would love that so much. <laughs> you don't even know. But yeah, I haven't been in, I haven't really kept up on anything other than Ozark, even though I'm on vacation. This should be a vacation from TV, you know, vacation from it, everything. It has. It's been a vacation from TV. Mm-hmm. I haven't, I haven't watched anything uh, up here at the lake. We get the Red Sox. So that stays on. That's all you need. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Playing board games and watching the socks. Playing board games in your socks. Playing board Just games not. with my socks. And only your socks. Can you believe there's such an outcry from people that they're going to get rid of the, I think, thimble and wheelbarrow or something from the Monopoly game? Yeah, well, was it an outcry that they wanted to get rid of them? Yeah, I think so. I think Because I thought was. it was like a thing like, we're going to get rid of them. You tell us what you want to get rid of and what you want to put in. If I remember right, it was a penguin and a cat. It's bullshit. See what I mean? <laughs> people get upset. I know um, Micro... Micro had a little bit of an issue with it that they were getting rid of the two symbols of like hard work. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But uh, I remember Probably seeing. Nobody knows what a goddamn thimble is anymore. <laughs> true. Yeah, true. But I think it came across Facebook that way that people were yeah, mad yeah, yeah. that they were messing with traditional things. Mm. Hey, Star Wars. Still got the Star Wars. Yes. Star, Star Wars, Wars Monopoly. Monopoly. Oh. I own. I own Star Wars Monopoly. Which one's Boardwalk? Coruscant. That's what I would have guessed. I've never played Star Wars Monopoly. I'm almost they, positive it's Coruscant. There's a Cthulhu Monopoly out there that I really want to play. Yeah, no, I took a picture. I, didn't I? Did I send it to you? Was that you? That somebody said. It. I'm, I wasn't sure if it was you or my brother, but yeah, somebody did. Maybe we both did simultaneously. It was one of those freaky Cthulhu miracles. Oh, are there? Hallelujah. Are there Cthulhu miracles? Well, there are now. I see <laughs> the signs, and it open. <laughs> they opened up my mind. My eyes. My eyes. They opened up my eyes and I saw the sign. Yeah. Wow. But Star Wars. Star War. Which Star War? Because apparently there's plural. More than one. Well, you have the Clone Wars. You uh, have. Right. See, I was being like snarky, but you're right. There are more than one. <laughs> uh, I regret my snarkiness. I apologize. Do you know what's ridiculous? Is we're on like the 22nd episode of our podcast. We haven't really talked about Star Wars. Well, if you, cumulatively, we have. If you. Bring all our references together into one. So I got a question for you. Yeah, this go. has bugged me. Have you ever heard a good explanation of why it's a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away? Why is it a long time ago? Is there anything that anybody's ever been able to explain about that? Other than that it sounded cool to George Lucas at one point. I think it just sounds cool. I think <sighs> that it is like one of those things that puts it so out of reach from us. Do you know what I mean? Like you can say a galaxy far, far away, but if you also say right. a long time ago, it really it adds to the mythology. Well, see, my problem is I never I never thought about that much. I always thought, well, it's kind of weird, but maybe there's a you know a little snippet somebody in the extended universe could use to explain it. But it now seems like Battlestar Galactica because Battlestar Galactica ended with oh, it was all prehistory of Earth and the survivors of the Galactica are our ancestors and shit like that. Is that what we're heading towards in Star Wars? Oh, no, I hope oh. not. Like no. the, the the Galactic Civil War finally ends with almost everybody dying, and the survivors find their way to Earth. Boom, boom, boom. Well, the one bright spot is that they have never made a reference to Earth. They've right. never. Ooh, I 
you're you're technically right, but I will say this: there is a game, there's a video game which is not canon anymore, I believe, called Knights of the Old Republic. Yep, I, really I'm good video that. game, really good video game. If you're playing it, you go to Tatooine at one point, and there's like little flavor text and lore you can find, and they heavily imply that Tatooine is Earth. What in the future? Like Earth had a catastrophe and became a desert planet, and at the tug the Tungsten rate? What the fuck? Tuscan. Jesus, Tungsten. <laughs> the Tungsten. The light bulbs. Uh, the Tuscan Raiders are pure humans. Or, or not pure humans, but like humans that survive whatever disaster turned Earth into Tatooine. Oh, I don't like that. And story. that the humans in the rest of the galaxy are people that fled the planet. No, no. But that's, I mean, they don't come out and say it, so they give themselves a little bit of a, a wiggle room, a little plausible deniability but it's and I, I wish i could remember i want to look it up now after we're done but it's super heavily implied that tatooine is supposed to be earth yeah but that's again not canon but it, as far as i know nowhere else even um the language they speak that we understand as english is actually a language called basic right right common it's common in every other fantasy setting but yeah basic same thing. common yeah it's it's yeah is what it is but um you know, they use our physics to some degree, and they use our language to some degree. Except parsing. Well, you know, whatever. <laughs> have you have you ever heard the explanation why, once again, George Lucas liked the things that sounded cool, so he said, you know, I do the Kessel Run in, was it 12 parsecs? Yeah. Parsecs is a unit of distance. So he's saying, I cover the distance and this much distance is what he's basically saying. <laughs> well, it's Hans Because it sounds scientific and cool. You know, and George Lucas wanted to throw it in there. They have since had people try to explain it which the Kessel Run takes them around black holes and it warps space. So, yes, it changes the distance depending on how good you are and how much you can skirt a black hole and crap like that. Like, could, nobody can just let it be. They had to or, explain it. he's just a space pirate that wants to sound cool. I like that explanation the best. I'm going to yeah. shoot first, I'm going to say nonsense, and you're going to take it all. That's right, because I'm a space okay. pirate. Space pirate. Perf corner. Um... <laughs> So I want to start right off by talking about Rogue One. Yes, Rogue One might be the I, jewel in the crown of the Star Wars franchise. I really, really like Rogue One. And in my circle of Star Wars friends, Rogue One is down there with the prequels. And that what? hurts me a little. Yeah. Who, give me a name. I want to go punch him. Uh, his initials are BP, and you took a car ride with him this past weekend. Wow. Well, I know who you're talking about, and I'm going to have to... I'm going to lock him in his office and not let him out until he <laughs> recants. No, that now that you say that, you're right. I do remember him saying it too. Like he yeah. was, he was, he was building that up in his mind. And then for whatever reason, he was severely disappointed by it. You're right. I, I kind of have an explanation for that though, because he's a newcomer. Yes. Yeah, exactly. He's a, he's a newcomer to the franchise. And a lot of what makes that movie good is the tugging of the nostalgia strings. Um, when you see, puzzle pieces fit yeah and um i want to say one of the things that got a lot of criticism was the cg grand moff tarkin and which i think was better than the leia i agree was better than the leia and i saw it on the big screen and was not impressed mm. but i rewatched it on my like i have a uh, 52 inch plasma tv in my living room which is a big tv but in comparison to a movie theater screen, it's nothing. I watched, so I quote unquote watched it on the small screen, and I want to say that it looked fantastic. the yeah. The CG face of Tarkin looked great on the small screen. Hmm. 
So maybe they knew that. Maybe that's what they're planning. Like, like everybody's going to watch it once in the theater, but they're going to watch and rewatch it on you know Blu-ray, whatever. And it looks good. Yeah, it looks really like, good. I like the Tarkin better than the Leia because both are obviously CG. Although I think I think with my brother that did not realize that Tarkin was CG. And I'm like, you realize he looks exactly the same as he looked in the New Hope, and the actor's dead, right? Yeah, like, I was going to say the actor's dead. <laughs> not sure how they. He's like, I don't know. Maybe you got somebody that looked like him. I don't know. I'm not trying to shit on my brother. I just which I, I just I I will say that if they had gone and gotten somebody that looked like him, I would have been okay with that. See, that's what I think. In an early episode, we talked about that. It was impressive as far as CG goes, but for my money, if they would have spent that same budget and got somebody in there to do prosthetics and makeup to almost remold somebody's face to look like those two characters, yeah. I would have been way more impressed. Way yep. more impressed. Absolutely, but they're all about breaking ground and. Hmm. That would have been kind of groundbreaking. The first yeah. time a practical effect was used to change one person so they looked almost exactly like another person. Yep. That would have been pretty amazing. Somebody, I know George Lucas has got to be listening. Now, screw George Lucas. It doesn't have anything to do with it anymore. I know J.J. Abrams has got to be listening to our podcast. Oh, of course so he is. In the future, this is what you need to do. For this Han Solo movie that's apparently going to be a train wreck, screw it. Start over, mold some clay around somebody's face and make them look like Harrison Ford. Boom. Well, have you seen Oscar? People, have you seen the people that or the guy that was he played Harrison Ford in another movie as a as a young man and he didn't get the part and there are YouTube videos of him going around um playing or reciting the Han Solo parts yeah. from Star Wars and he is a, a dead ringer dead ringer and he didn't get the part some other guy got the part that doesn't look like Han Solo or doesn't look like Harrison Ford. That's that's too hopeful for me. I'm just still going to call it a train wreck because I'm jaded and cynical. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get back to Rogue One. Let's be official here. Right. The mo- the name of the movie is not Rogue One. You do know that, right? It's was it a Star Wars story? Yes, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what its budget was? Hundred million. Two hundred million. Uh, do you know how much it made? Five hundred million. One billion. Oh my god. Fifty-six million. Fifty-seven thousand two hundred seventy-three dollars worldwide. Yeah, it did. You are correct. It made five hundred and thirty-two domestic. Ah, uh, see, there you go. See, but I, the worldwide screw the world. I'm just thinking about America, <laughs> USA, America. America. Um, see, I'll tell you what I like. Why I liked the Rogue One, like you, like you said, has those you know fan service parts that you can stick in. Mm-hmm. For me, it was. I mean, I love the Star Wars franchise, obviously, but I've watched and rewatched all those movies so many times that I know them like the back of my hand. Sadly yep. enough, even the prequels I've seen more than a few times each. Yep. This was so different than all those movies that it was refreshing and new. That's, I mean, that's the biggest thing. And it was darker than all those other Star Wars movies, even Empire, even even Revenge of the Sith. It was Agreed. darker than all of them. And, but not in a heavy-handed, you know, depressing way. It was, I mean, once they started dying, you're like, Oh shit! These guys ain't making it out of this thing. No. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Sorry, I'm never gonna. I'm gonna stop staying spoiler alert in the world we live in. <laughs> you, if you're listening to anything like what we have, where we're doing, you should assume we're gonna spoil the crap out of it, gleefully and maniacally. Jon Snow is a Targaryen. Jon Snow is the Targaryen. <laughs> anyway, um, but that's not where the story starts off. In canon, the Star Wars saga. Mm-hmm. Starts with episode one, Phantom Menace. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, okay. And boy, it really goes from there. There's uh, comic books and books between every movie. Yeah, you can go to Wikipedia and look at the list. They and they have stuff that isn't out yet. But yeah, it's comic books, video games, TV shows. Yeah, books. Yeah, and they all take place 
um, the the very first one is episode one. That is where uh, Disney has decided that that's where canon starts. So this is a weird thing now because canon-wise, we don't know what a Sith really is. We don't know where the Jedi came from. Yep. We don't know what why a lightsaber does what it does. We don't know Jack. Like we We know it. We think we know it because we've been for 30 plus years we've been or 40 years we've been inundated with all these extras mm-hmm. that you know we know the sith were an offshoot of the jedi we know that you know all this stuff but now canon wise like if you were going to take a 10 year old to sit them down for the first time and give them nothing but canon and no explanation they're gonna get done if even if they could absorb everything they're gonna like okay what are the, what are the sith what are i don't get where these guys why are their lightsabers red why you know all that stuff unless Okay, I say that, but I don't watch the cartoons, so maybe they, I don't know if they explained it in the cartoons or not. They are starting to, um, and by that, the kyber crystals Okay, that were kind of a focal point in Rogue One, mm-hmm. um, they're trying to put them into the fold. I, they're trying to bring them into the fold a little bit and explain that that's, that's what lightsabers are, that's what powers a lightsaber, that's what powered the Death Star. Um, they're very, very mystical and powerful and very difficult to mine, only available in certain areas. Uh, the uh, Before canon, before, well, when you went back to the expanded universe, um, they had explained that there were crystals. I don't think they called them kyber crystals, but yeah. they, they had crystals that they had to go in, in order to become a Jedi. You had to build your own lightsaber and go on a journey and you had to find these crystals, and the crystals would determine the color of your lightsaber and things like that. That, of course, has all been thrown out, and now we're we're left with canon, and that doesn't truly explain the who's, what's, why's, and where's of lightsabers and whatnot. <laughs> Although, they probably will. Like, search your feelings, you know it to be true. The Star Wars saga is not ending with Episode Nine, Right. Like, there's no chance. So, I'm wondering if Episode if they're going to do an episode 10 right off the bat, or they're going to do like a prequel prequel. Like there's a whole wealth of stuff they can mine from the old Republic, which was, which is extended universe stuff. The Knights of the old Republic thing, like that arrow is supposed to be 4,000. They always divide up. Like it's like BC and AD, except for the star Wars universe. It was, uh, what was it? Battle of Yevon was like, yeah. Yeah. So like what happened at the end of new hope? So they would say 4,000 years before the battle of Yevon was for thousand years was this mm-hmm. old Republic era where they, they talked about like old Jedi and old Sith Lords and why the Sith Lords do what they do and split off and all this stuff like that. So they could, there's, I mean, they could be make movies about that crap for decades to come. Right. And they wouldn't necessarily have to keep going with whatever Ray's story is going to be, whatever, if Luke lives, if his, what, what his story is going to be, whatever Kylo Ren, they could kill him off and have, not have to worry about anything, which they should. Because he's a whiny little bitch. But that's my opinion. <laughs> I kind of like him. Oh, God, he's so whiny. He is whiny, but I kind of like him. For for what's supposed to be the new Darth Vader? Oh, no. Like, that's where they dropped the ball, man. <laughs> Fucking Kylo Ren, man. Oh, terrible. Well, he has a following that I think we're going to get to see in the next movie, The Knights of Ren. Oh, I, I think it's a nose fetishist, but... <laughs> <laughs> which no. still might be the case yeah it could be but yeah he has a he has a following that is in the book I believe, yeah, yeah. which i have to fully admit that i have not read any of the new books because apparently there was a book that was a prequel to rogue one 
and there was a book that was a prequel to The Force Awakens. Hmm. And I'm sure there's a book that's between The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. And I haven't yeah, read them. Yeah. yeah, the novelization. Like, it's a smart move on Disney's part to knock out all the extended universe stuff because now they can sell you their new swag. Like, they're right. not getting any money off of that old stuff. So if you want to know the real in-depth stuff, if you want to be the completionist, you're going to have to pay them a lot more money than just one ticket <laughs> for uh, one night of the theater. Right. Well, they have, um, they're opening a huge section of their Disney's parks down in Florida are yeah. getting Star Wars land and it is it's going to be big. It's it's, yeah, it's going to awesome. be huge. Yep. Big cantina and all that stuff I saw. Yep. Yeah. Hey, you know, people pay money cuz they want to enjoy these things. I'm not going to I'm not going to knock it. Nobody's forcing anybody to buy this stuff. They're putting it out there. I get it. And the extended universe stuff is confusing as shit. Yeah. Like do you do you know how much Disney paid George Lucas for it's be a couple billion at least, right? 4. Point Zero six billion, so four billion six million. Yeah, four point zero six would be four six six hundred thousand. Let's just call it four billion. <laughs> four billion. All right. And the Force Awakens had a budget of two hundred and forty-five million. That was their production. No, oh, my God. Guess how much that made worldwide? Force Awakens. Yes, five billion. Two billion. Wow. Sixty-eight million two hundred twenty-three. They're probably going to do that easy for the next movie. Right. They've already made so they've already made two billion. And this is just um, worldwide gross. That doesn't include any merchandising, which I think was somewhere around forty billion. It for since the dawn of Star Wars. And we so, all know that real money is made in merchandising. Star Wars like, a T-shirt. Yeah. Star Wars yeah. a flamethrower. But uh, since nineteen seventy-seven, the Star Wars franchise has made over forty billion dollars. Yeah, you know, I it. <laughs> so. They're getting a cut of that, but so almost they've made uh, around three billion dollars just in ticket sales. They've they've net almost three billion dollars um, yep. so just in almost two movies. Yeah, just the movies themselves, they've almost got their investment back. Yes, and they've got kind of it blown out of the water with merchandising by now. Merchandising and um, tickets to Disney and right, cause, yeah, yeah, because they're. There is a a Star Wars contingent at Hollywood Studios in Disney World, right? So, I mean, they're they're doing something right. Yeah, Yeah, I I'm part of the part of the problem. Although I will say that I have not bought Rogue One. I saw it in the theater, and then it's on Netflix. And I own I own multiple versions of every Star Wars movie, including the prequels. Still got the VHS. Um. I take that back. I don't. I only have the DVDs of the prequels. Oh, okay. But I have. I was going to be impressed for a second. I have the theatrical. I own the theatrical VHS, theatrical release VHS of Star Wars episodes four, five, and six. I have the special editions VHS of four, five, and six, and then I have the VHS. No, that's where the VHS ends. Then I have the DVD version of episodes one, two, and three. And then I have the digital version of episode six. No, seven. <laughs> you had to bow to the times. Oh, God. I'll buy it. I'll, I'll Eventually, I'll buy a physical copy, I'm sure. Because that's one thing that the Star Wars universe is good at, is making me buy multiple versions of things <laughs> that I already have. I'm more of a, like, I have not rewatched the entirety of Rogue One, which I, I should. I want to. But what I have done many, many times is rewatch the end with uh, oh, the Vader. Vader. Yeah. yeah, like that is 
one of the most thrilling moments, at least in the last decade or so, that I've seen in a movie, if not ever. Yeah. Just I knew it was coming because you could you could tell like the rumors were flying before the movie came out. Yep. You were Vader's choking out. What's his name? I don't know. But uh, well, you know, they show Vader just to show Vader, pretty much. And you're like, okay, they're not going to do that for without a reason. And then when they're all running away and the lights go out, and you're like, oh god, here it comes. And then you hear mm-hmm. the breathing, and then the saber lights up, and that's all the light there is because of the red saber's glow. And then you just start beating ass. It's so cool. Did you watch the video I posted on Facebook of the girl, her reaction yeah. to it? Yeah, she was like crying and yeah, yeah. She's one little Mormon man. I'll tell you what. She loved it. Yeah. Well, you know, she. It's. It. That's a really. That's a sign of the times too of reaction videos. I remember watching reaction videos on YouTube of people that were watching the trailer for episode oh, okay. seven, and it was just like all these people just going crazy because they were watching a trailer. What is it about? Re- I love watching reaction videos, and I don't know why. I watch yeah. reaction videos for. I, I like like you. I watch them for people watching the trailer, seeing the trailer for the first time. I will watch reaction videos for people watching Game of Thrones. There's this whole series of videos of these people in this bar. Like they get together every week to go to this bar to watch the new episode of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And I watched the whole series of them watching the different moments in the last season. I watch reaction videos of people watching the 200th episode of Supernatural. I mean, just. <laughs> I don't, I, I'm addicted to other people's emotions. It's the weirdest, kind of disturbing thing about me. I don't know. Oh, this has got to be a good reaction video to the Red Wedding. See, that one was enough. That was long enough ago. I don't know if these people were doing it or not. I'm sure. There has to be. There oh, has to be reaction actually, Yeah, video. I think you're right. I do remember seeing that pop up. Oh, I, saw, I, gotta... I saw a reaction video of this guy watching Jon Snow get stabbed. Going, well, fuck, that happened. Jesus. Like, he's like, like somebody just slapped his grandma in front of him. He just couldn't believe he was in awe. He's like, what did I just. That's funny. Ah, okay. That's so here, here's something we have to talk about, and that is the viewing order of the movies. Oh, yeah. What was it called? The, the ma- machete. The machete, machete order. The machete order. That was pretty good. It's, it's essentially how you should introduce new people that have never seen it that want to watch it in a in a chronological order. Yeah, this is the debate. Like, anytime I've talked to people, like, if you had a kid and you wanted to introduce them, would you introduce them in a way that you were introduced? Like, watch episode four, five, and six first, then the prequels? Or would you introduce it chronologically where they watch the first three, but then you have a problem where this kid's going to watch the first three, and then they're going to watch episode four where the special effects go sharply downward. And then they're going to watch episode five where... The big reveal at the end, the big twist, is not a big twist whatsoever because they've already seen what happened in the first three movies, what Anakin's, you know, descent was like. So they're going to be like, oh, yeah, he's Darth Vader. He appears Darth Vader two movies. You know, it's going to take the impact away. So what do you do? Somebody came up with a solution. Yes. And this somebody is, I'm trying to find his name because it was one guy and he came up with it. <clears throat> he's king of the nerds. <laughs> uh, there's a whole debate on release order. So this is the machete order. Uh, I won't go through the whole thing, but first, get Danny Trejo. Yeah, essentially, I'll I'll read it here. How can you ensure that a viewing keeps the twists as surprise while introducing young Anakin before the end of Return of the Jedi? Simple. Watch them in this order: four, five, two, three, six. You may Skip notice one. episode one is gone. <laughs> <laughs> now, I will say um, that there are people that have gone to great lengths on YouTube to cut episode one down to they basically pare it down to the essentials the things that you you should 
or you have to know. And, um, and that helps a little bit. It gets rid of a lot of the stupid Jar Jar stuff. It gets rid of a lot of the pod bad racing. Yeah, pod racing and the basically the ridiculous things that were just thrown in there to make the movie exciting for kids mm. and for merchandising. Yep. But it, so there is a way for you to, to watch episode one in a good way. Now, I have an alternative theory, and I know I've told mm. you this before, so uh, for anybody that is listening, there is another way to watch the prequels that make them interesting. What is that? That is to watch it under the assumption that Obi-Wan Kenobi and Padme oh, yes. are having an affair. Which, before episode three came out, I know I heard that it was supposed, as a rumor, like a Hollywood rumor going around, that that was going to be the plot was a love triangle. Yeah, and it never materialized. Mm. However... If you watch those movies thinking uh, Obi-Wan and Padme are getting it on and Anakin's yeah. not going to like it, if you watch it in that way, it makes it a lot more interesting. It has, yeah, it has actual depth and drama to it instead of, wow, Anakin's just making stupid-ass decision after stupid-ass decision, isn't he, for no real reason? Yeah, and that really puts a lot of stuff into context in the third movie where Padme shows up to confront Anakin about his slaughter of the youngling mm-hmm. and then Obi-Wan comes off the ship like <laughs> we yeah. just getting hyperspace dicked what the hell <laughs> hyperspace dicked <laughs> <sighs> I like that far far away that's how you get dicked is through hyperspace yeah that's everybody that goes to hyperspace comes out the other end going oh god what just happened why am I walking funny damn it <laughs> hyperdrive broken my ass there's a reason why Han Solo kept that ship broken down yeah. Chewie was taking advantage of him a little too often. Yeah. But anybody that's interested in watching the Machete Order, I'm, you can you can go to Google, put in Star Wars Machete Order, and then just read the article that the guy has written about how to view it and have some sort of respect for yourself afterwards. <laughs> and then write an article about what it's like to get hyperspace dicked. Yeah. Somebody needs... But some- I was... A- always under the impression that I would introduce I would introduce the movies to my children in the theatrical release. That's what I would have just to keep the twist, the best part of the entire series in, yeah. in Empire, you got to keep that pure. So otherwise there's no point. <laughs> right. And the prequels were filmed to be prequels. Right. I don't th- I don't think I mean if you take George Lucas seriously, you have to think about the fact that he made when he was filming them, he meant them to be prequels. He didn't mean them to be watched in the order one, two, three, four, five, six. You're gonna watch episode one, two, three. He assumes you know what four, five, and six are all about. Right. It it was a it was it was. It was all about I mean I hate to say this about the prequels to compare them to Rogue One, but there were a lot of gimmies, little Easter eggs like in the pod races, somebody tells Greedo he's going to come to a bad end, you know. Yeah. Jabba's kind of sitting there watching it as a complete throwaway scene that means nothing, but there's Jabba. Yeah. You know? And yeah. then the bullshit with, oh, Anakin made C-3PO. And <laughs> oh, don't even get me started, but. Yeah. Um, but it was Lucas winging to the audience like, all these characters you know and love, here they are again. Hey. So. I have my two things that I want to bring out about the expanded universe. Are there any things that you know of the expanded universe that got thrown out that you wish didn't? I'd be curious to see if they, they might still try this because I don't know what they're going to do in the next movie. Maybe it'll be a flash. I guess there's supposed to be a flashback about what happened to Luke's Jedi Academy. Yeah. But a character in the expanded universe was Mara Jade. 
Yep. Who ends up being Luke's wife, mother of his children, something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm wondering, because I just read today, and maybe I'm stepping on your toes, nope. I apologize, nope. that they're going to be introducing Thrawn. Oh, okay. You you are stepping away. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, that's okay. There was a, uh, a book series which he was such a popular character that he overtook the title. I, To be perfectly honest, I couldn't tell you what the title is off the top of my head. Wasn't it but it's, uh, Legacy of the Empire? Mm, I'm going to actually look it up while I'm talking, but mm-hmm. it actually ended up being called the Thrawn Trilogy. Um, right. And it's not, that's not the name of it. It's... Um, well, while you look it up, I just want to say heir to the empire. With, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. No, with, with Mara Jada, I I thought that was an interesting character because she was trained by the emperor to be an assassin, but not a full Sith lord or something like that. She's a force user, and uh, they might, I, like I said, since they're introducing Thrawn, and he was part of the same story that introduced her, um, they might throw her in a flashback. Like maybe that's why one of the reasons why Luke is all hermity because his wife got killed by Kylo Ren or Snoke or something like that. You know, right? well maybe yeah it's it was actually the the heir to the empire trilogy but it was thrawn was such a popular character that it it then became known as the thrawn trilogy and what that boils down to is it's the events after return of the jedi and the uh the the fleet of imperial destroyers and the basically the imperial navy that has survived retreats to the outer rim yeah and then they regroup and they they come back for vengeance. And Thrawn is Grand Moff, or something, right? Yeah, he's like a blue skinned alien, yeah. and he was so good at because apparently the Empire was racist and they were racist against other species, so they were a speciest. How does that go? <laughs> but, space yeah, and so you couldn't be anything other than a white human if you I wanted read- to be. Part of the expanded universe thing that is not canon anymore. It was humans and Zabrak, which is Darth Maul's. For whatever reason, the Empire was cool with those guys. Well, uh, Thrawn was so good at what he did, he he broke the glass ceiling <laughs> and became he is, commander. He is blue man. Hear him roar. Numbers to ignore. <laughs> um, but the other one that I wanted to talk about was Shadows of the Empire. That I see. Got, I never. I know of the plot, and that's about it. Oh, I never uh, read that one. That one was uh, released as a book, a video game, and a soundtrack to the book. And my simultaneously, video game, but I never I watched him play it. But I didn't play it. It was so I could still can't play. Video game was okay. The book was fantastic. Hmm. The the book featured a character that actually rivaled Darth Vader. Um, yeah, Prince something. Prince, Prince Shizor is how Shizor. I pronounced it, but it was uh, like X-I-Z-O-R or something like that. Yeah. And what it boiled down to was he was like this lizard-type humanoid that had telepathic powers that could mimic the Force. He oh, wasn't okay. a Force user, but his race had like telekinesis and those types of things that could mimic the Force, and he... He sets in. He's like a like high up mucky muck mafia guy, and he sets his sights on becoming the emperor's right hand man, and uh, almost succeeds. I don't want to spoil it, but he uh, he gives Darth Vader a run for his money, and that takes place between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, and I believe it follows Leia, Chewie, and Lando in their. Um, I could be wrong. This could be a different book I'm thinking of, but I want to say it's Shadows of the Empire. It follows throughout 
Leia, Chewie, and Lando in their events leading up to them trying to rescue Han Solo from Jabba. Isn't he some kind of like pseudo love interest of Leia or something like that too? Like he pursues her or yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I think that he because like his species releases a pheromone that human women can't resist or something like that. And he <laughs> kinky. Yeah. Yeah. Well, See, that's it's one a... thing the Star Wars franchise never got very sexual for any, you know, any, any respect at all. Well, it got a little incestual. A little bit, but I chalked that up to it. You hear back and forth, but I still chalked up the fact that Lucas didn't know where he was going with things. Yeah. Like first movie, he Luke and Leia were not brothers. Not not in George Lucas's mind. No. And but then, then it, just... yeah, it it led to a good twist. If no, if for no other reason, it gave us it was a red herring for us. Right. So you know, it it did have its place. It was just like I just read today. Han Solo was supposed to die, but Lucas wanted a nice happy ending for all the heroes. So so he was supposed to like never make it out of carbon. And uh, right. So. Yeah, I can see them leading up to Luke and Leia. You know, Luke's the hero, Leia's the girl. Luke, get, the hero, gets the girl, and then he's like, "Wow, everybody loves Han Solo." Yeah, let's let's do it. Let's, yeah. let's throw a wrinkle in this uh, usual formula, and the hero's going to get nobody. <laughs> he's going to get an Ewok. He found an Ewok at Ugh. the end. He's like, "You come with me. I'm a hero." See, I've, I've learned to hate the Ewoks. Um, you had to learn. <laughs> yeah, because when I was a kid, I loved the Ewoks. Yeah, you're right. I, mean, I was. All about the Ewoks. Even the Ewok made for TV movies. <laughs> I was all about them. See, I only saw parts of them long, um, long ago, far, far away. Yeah, I liked them. But since then, I've learned, especially with the special editions, um, I've learned to deal with it, but they're not my favorites. Well, it could have been so much cooler because there's supposed to be Wookiee. Originally, it was supposed to be Kashyyyk or whatever you call the Wookiee planet. Yep. That's what the final battle was supposed to take place on with an army of Wookiees against. That would have been cooler and more plausible yeah. than teddy bears and logs and sticks taking on the Galactic Empire and winning. Right. No, no, it was supposed to be an analog for Vietnam. Yeah, yeah. Because teddy bears are Viet Cong yeah. or something. Yeah. They stand up to a bigger force. and Well, the, the Viet Cong were pretty cuddly cute. Right. I love their <laughs> hats. I want one of those hats. Nah. The Viet Cong or the Both. <laughs> Did the Ewoks have hats? No, they didn't have it. They had little, they had, little leather hoods. wraps. Yeah. Hoods. Oh, Wicket. I loved Wicket. He was Wicket. so cool. He was their leader, sort of. Their hero. I, wasn't he a misfit? Yeah, but the misfits always become the hero once they appreciate ah, you're, him. You're right. You're right. So... <laughs> We've talked about the viewing order. We've talked about the missing pieces because of the canon. What are we missing? There is parts of the extended universe that are best left on the trash heap, I think. Because they had to go somewhere. Like, they couldn't just keep... The, after the whole Thrawn stuff, they, were, they extended the whole fight against the Empire as far as they could. They couldn't just keep fighting the Empire. Right. So they introduced... And I kind of read a couple books, and I didn't really jump into this so hard, but there was this race called... The, and I know I'm butchering this, but it's like the Yuzhan Vong, I think they called it. Okay. Basically a race of plant people from <gasps> beyond the galaxy. Ooh. That were invaders. And they were like terraforming. Like they'd come to planets and like make it in their own type of image. Like I think they invaded Coruscant and they remade Coruscant into like a wild plant planet so they could live there. And they were naturally resistant against the force because... <gasps> Ooh. Reason. <laughs> If the if the force is the the power that binds the universe together, why if somebody from another galaxy is resistant to it doesn't mm-hmm. make any goddamn sense. But but they come in and there's a whole like long series of books and whatnot that Luke and his Jedi Academy and 
Leia has become a Jedi in the meantime, and they're all fighting together, and Sith are involved, and I think it's Leia's youngest son that dies. Like, Leia and Han have twins, and then they have a Jason and Jaina. Then they have a younger son. They name him Anakin, and I think he dies fighting them. And Luke's wow. son's name is Ben, and it's a whole thing, but then the republic the new republic wants to destroy them all completely and luke's like no 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 they're a living race we can't just wipe them out so later on they try to work with the yuzhan long and yeah it, Plus, it gets super complicated and super kind of dokey and weird is that a comic book i think it's comic books and books and then for the further than that luke leia's son becomes the new dark lord of the sith he pulls a whole darth vader gets betrays the light side gets seduced by the dark side starts raising the sith up to fight again for weird reasons but he's got a twin sister who tries to help him get back to the light side and i'm not even sure how that ended because i didn't even read all those books they were just weren't that good and then they go comic books go even further in the future a descendant of luke skywalker who is like a as character wise is the combination of luke skywalker and han solo because why not right he's a space pirate that is he's a space pirate that uses the force yeah yeah that used to be a moisture exactly farmer exactly he he got trained as a jedi as a young person the sith killed the jedi but there's still like the Empire, but it's not the Empire anymore. And they use their own brand of Jedi called the Imperial Knights. And so there's like three sizes, the Jedi, the Sith, and the Imperials. And yeah, it's like I said, it, it, once you go for long enough, it follows the same rules of any shared universe. It becomes ridiculous. It becomes yeah. overly, overly weighted down with its own continuity and its own details that you have to keep straight. But you still have to find something to interest people. So you throw in a new ridiculous thing. Eventually, you have to call it good and or set fire to the whole thing and start over right so i get what, like, for everybody that's like fuck the extended universe isn't can anymore it's like you're you're like the lone voice in the wilderness compared <laughs> to the vast bulk, bulk of the population that just kind of wants to get an idea of what's going on and be able to follow it yeah so yeah that's i i get it and like i said i i know all that stuff and i wasn't even there that invested in it so if someone that's invested in it, it's going to have all these super details that they've been spending like 30 years you know memorizing and making sure they know all the ins and outs of and now it means nothing you wasted your life congratulations buddy <laughs> probably a lot of money too pour some milk into your star wars burger king cup and then cry over it listen i have the burger king <laughs> star wars cups and you i have milk super yes i think i actually own milk okay there we go but i wouldn't drink milk out of them that's psh. sacrilege it's got to be a coke it's blue milk it's okay that's true. Did you notice that they had blue milk in Rogue One? <laughs> yeah. Well, they had those two guys too. So yeah, a couple of they had a couple of things in there that were unnecessary. Just to like, look, see, it's a thing that's in Star Wars. <laughs> it, it did the prequel thing. Like, remember this character? We're gonna put him in here. Yeah. Just this is a throwback, but it's not supposed to be a throwback because this is the throwback for the thing we're supposed to be throwbacking to. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, there's a couple of those things and. You know, I don't mind that as long as it's not shoved down your throat. But and they did uh, it pretty well. I don't think it was too overt. I guess the only thing that bothers me about that type of stuff is the droids. Like they totally and completely force fed R two D two and C three PO to us. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if there's a way that they could have done it that would have satisfied me. So you know, whatever. Well, I'm trying to remember. It ended where or it began where it ended at three, right? Like. Bail Organa had the two droids, told him to get mind wiped. And then wasn't it in Rogue One, didn't he just like say, hey, we're going to, you can take these and use these to transfer information? I don't really remember. It was, wait a second, how did it go? Bail Organa says, I've got the perfect person for the job because they needed to send a diplomatic 
person. Yeah. He's like, I know just the person. She'd do anything for me or something like that. And then... I'm going to put my teenage daughter in jeopardy. Yeah. And then it shows R2-D2 and C-3PO acting confused that they were going to Tatooine instead of wherever it is they were supposed to go. And then mm-hmm. C-3PO's like, oh, they never tell me anything. And that was it. Okay. He's like, what do you mean we're going to Tatooine? We're not supposed to go to Tatooine. Nobody ever tells me anything. That's all. It's like, I understand you have to have R2-D2 and C-3PO in this movie because the next movie starts right up with them. However, you didn't have to put them in episode one, two, or three. It was completely <laughs> unnecessary. Did you did you ever see the robot chicken where C-3PO doesn't know Spanish because when he tried to learn Spanish, he pissed off the teacher? No. <laughs> it's pretty good. You should. I, I won't say too much more, mostly because I can't remember exactly how it goes, but I remember it being pretty funny. Yeah. Like Uncle Owen says, well, do you know Spanish? And he has a flashback to like, he couldn't, he tried to learn Spanish. And he couldn't learn it because it was all hijinks and shenanigans. Yeah. It's pretty good. Uh, Anthony Daniels played C-3PO. You know what he was before he was C-3PO? And once I tell you, you're going to be like, oh, it totally makes sense. A ballerino. A mime. <laughs> yeah, he had the arm thing going pretty good. So that make, does make sense. That's right. Ugh. So, yeah, he was a mime. And then Kenny Baker played R2-D2. And they hated and each just, other, right? Um, I know I read I, that. that like, they kept giving each other crap. That's entirely possible, but I don't know that. As Kenny a Baker just died, too, not long ago. Yeah. Poor little midget. <laughs> midget man. You think they still uh, put midgets in those? Or is it like animatronic now? Uh, it's probably all animatronic. I, I know BB-8 is all animatronic. Yeah. Which, I'll be honest with you, I like BB-8 a lot. Well, that brings a point I wanted to make. It's like, I'm torn about episode uh, seven. seven. Like, it was good. I was It was entertaining and hit all the nostalgia buttons. But it so was completely a remake yes. of A New Hope. Like, yeah, it was I remember, a scene for scene New Hope. I remember uh, coming back to work after watching that, and I was describing it to somebody that hadn't seen it yet. And I was basically like, there's a person on a desert planet that receives... Uh, or finds comes into contact, finds a droid that has secret plant, secret stuff on it that it has to get back to its master. And like I was describing, mm-hmm. I was describing this, and I said, "Now tell me, do you think this is episode four or episode seven? <laughs> and and they were just like confused about it. I said, "Wrong, both." <laughs> I yeah. was describing both movies, and it was it was it, like a it was a remake, it was a reboot for lack of a better yeah term so i Which don't know i get like after the prequels and everybody hated the prequels jj abrams was like okay we're gonna do this we're gonna give people what they want not what they need necessarily but what they want which right. i'm so hoping that the next movie the last jedi like as we're recording right here right now this is august so we're months away from the last jedi being out if anybody's listening to this from the future Ooh, a galaxy time travel far away long time ago um through a wormhole after they got hyperspace dicked and they're listening to our episode, <laughs> now you know where that's in the timeline. So we don't know yet. Um, but I'm hoping that the next one's not just an Empire remake just as well. Like if they have, you know, they've already got, we already know that Ray's going to be training with Luke. So there's the Luke Yoda analogy. But if they got, you know, Finn running around hiding in asteroids and running up against Kylo Ren and gets frozen somehow and some bullshit like that. I don't know, man. I, I don't want to see that. No. I really don't. No. <laughs> A remake of Empire Strikes Back. I want there to be a twist. I like twists. A good twist is good. And I'm sure there will be because that's typically the 
you know that's the plan trilogy the second part is where you get the tw- yeah but uh and then the third part is where it gets resolved and all the drama gets dramatized but uh yeah so you know there's gonna be twists and it's gonna be like what ray actually is and or who snoke actually is and Definitely. or luke dying yeah but that's not so much a twist as tragedy i don't know what you would label that like he live or die i would expect you know i wouldn't be surprised by either one like i can see him going one way i can see him and that's something people could guess but when they come out with, oh, Ray was, see, did I, I've told you my theory, which is batshit crazy, but I'm sticking with it. Which female, who Ray actually is? The clone, isn't, didn't you say she was a clone of? Female clone of Darth Vader. That's my yeah. theory. You heard it first. My theory, I called it months before the movie. I actually called it a year ago, more than a year ago, a couple years ago. Female clone of Darth Vader. Boom. That's why she can use Anakin Sky, uh, Skywalker's lightsaber. Yeah, she uses that as against Skywalker, all right. Yeah, uses him like a two-bit whore. Like a hand puppet, boom. Like a um, meat puppet. Yeah, yeah. She's she was like a the Emperor's last-ditch effort to try to salvage the Skywalker bloodline to his stuff. And somebody mm-hmm. liberated a little cloneling and dropped her off on Juku or Jakku or Joku or whatever the hell that planet is. Tatooine. And, uh, <laughs> a desert planet. Yeah. Dropped her off there. She doesn't actually have parents. She just thinks the people in the spaceship were her parents. And yeah, female clone of Darth Vader. Hmm. We'll see. I'm telling you. <laughs> Not, I am your father. I am you. Here's here's what she could be. She could just be uh, an immaculate conception through midichlorians. Which would be stupid. I hate the midichlorians. I know. That was so dumb. Call Why did they have to do that? Why did they do that? And you know the force? Well, that's just microscopic bugs in your bloodstream. Right. Robot chicken again. They can do things. Yeah. So I have All right. more bugs in my bloodstream than somebody else, so I can move shit with my mind. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> um, what are we not telling the people that are listening to this podcast? What are we not telling them about Star Wars that we need to? I can tell you, I, I want to talk about this. One of the best twists outside of Vader being Luke's father is now non-canon, but I, I wanted to relate it, just because, if you will let me. Yes, okay. go. In the game, I mentioned it before, the Knights of the Old Republic. Mm-hmm. takes place, I, like I said, I believe the timeline is about 4,000 years before the Battle of Yavin, and uh, you play as a character that wakes up in a spaceship getting attacked by a Sith. And another, a Jedi's on the, you're escorting a Jedi, you crash land on a planet, you got to run around doing shit, you find out that you're Force-sensitive. And you go to the Jedi Temple, and you train, you learn you're a Jedi. All the, all the while, you're being attacked by the Dark Lord of the Sith, who is Dark, Dark, Darth Malak. And you learn about how Dark, Darth Malak's was actually the apprentice until recently. His, his, his master disappeared or died. Nobody's sure what's going on. But they're actually subtle about it. If you can see where I'm going with this, they're mm-hmm. actually subtle about this. Turns out, you're the Dark Lord. Mm-hmm. That Jedi captured him, him or her. You could choose your character, man or woman. Yeah. So they they have the anytime they show a flashback scene, the the Dark Lord is wearing a uh, like a cloak and a mask and all kinds of stuff. Darth Revan and uh, you're Darth Revan all along. You got mind wiped, but the Jedi. You used to be. I mean, you and Malak both used to be Jedi. You got seduced to the dark side. Re- revive the Sith. You know, whole clock because the Sith were wiped out before you. You yep. found a bunch of the Force sensitives. And the Jedi captured you and mind wiped you and were trying to like redeem you because you were super powerful and they didn't want to lose you. And that was, and like I said, it seemed obvious when I started talking about it. But as you play this game, it was pretty subtly built up that when they reveal it, you're like, holy shit, you're the, you've been the bad guy all along. And then just like every other uh, Star Wars video game, you can choose the light side or the dark side. And 
if you choose the dark side, you it's actually pretty dark. You slot all these people. It's an RPG, so you build up a team and you can choose different members and go on quests with them and stuff like that. And by the time the end of the game, if you choose one or the other, if you choose dark side, you slaughter almost everybody on your team. Yeah, because they ain't cool with you being dark side. Well, there's you know there's certain characters that will stick with you. And the girl that was the original Jedi that was uh, following you around was going to follow your lead. If you go dark, she goes dark. Yes. If you go light, she goes dark, but you can redeem her, stuff like that. But uh, you slaughter other Jedi. You slaughter this young girl who is uh, uh who was what was the name of Jabba's major domo guy? Uh, pinnacle head. It was. Uh, well, anyway, she's supposed to be his ancestor. Super, super distant ancestor. Oh, my God. Fortuna. Bib Fortuna. Bib Fortuna, yeah. I think she's supposed to be his, like, super ancestor. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. But you slaughter her. Oh. She's got a Wookiee buddy. You slaughter him. You slaughter a couple of Jedi. <laughs> You're just laying waste to all your companions. When she's like, yeah, totally. I'm going to be an evil Dark Lord again. Nice. Damn. Just, it's, it's, a, it's a really cool RPG. Really cool game. It's a little dated now. I think it came out in, like, oh oh five oh six something like that yep. maybe oh seven but uh it's if you get your hands on it it's like an app you can download it on the, from itunes it's actually worth playing if you got like an ipad it's it's worth playing it's really good hmm. if you're into rpgs and you like star wars it's a it's a fun game and i you have to ignore the fact that i just ruined the twist for you i apologize but <laughs> well it's no still a pretty fun game you don't care you don't care about spoiling things yeah screw you all i hate you all anyway <laughs> <laughs> um like me Please. Uh, there is something interesting I'd like to talk about, and I'll make it brief. But there okay. is a podcast going on right now called the Star Wars Minute. Have you heard about it? You told me about it. Where they take one minute of of, of one of the movies yep. and yeah, okay. They are going in chronological order of the movies, and they are watching a minute at a time, and then discussing that minute for about. It takes each episode's about twenty twenty five minutes, and it's three guys. And they'll, like I said, they'll sit and they'll watch a minute of the movie and then discuss it. Now, is it a hardcore minute by minute or is it just a minute of dialogue? Minute by minute. (laughs) So like a transition scene from one to another. If that eats up 45 seconds, they got to talk about that. They'll talk about it. Yep. Wow. They absolutely will. And um, it's it's pretty good. They're they're not, I, I stopped call. I wouldn't call them super fans because, well, no, I, I mean, I could call them super fans. They are learning just as much as the audience is hmm. when they're discussing it. You know what I mean? So, like, between the three of them, they know enough where they're they're talking about the scene and theories in the scene. And some of it is tongue-in-cheek. Some of it is just them goofing around. But some of it's actually legitimate, you know, good questions that they ponder and they talk about and discuss. And hmm. it's it's very... Like I said, it's every single minute of every movie, and each episode's about 20 minutes apiece. So you can imagine that it's difficult to get through things. But if there's a particular point that interests you, it would be worth seeking out and getting the opinion of these guys. Like, just as an example... Um, Why do TIE fighters make noise in space? <laughs> but, uh, like, I, list, I recently listened to the one from episode four where they talk about uh, Luke going to Obi-Wan's house, and they discuss... Like, how does Obi-Wan survive? You know, does he have a job? Does he receive, like, a retirement check? Does he, you know, why doesn't Luke question this old man who says, you know, take, who's <laughs> taking an interest in him and saying, oh, I know you. You're the moisture farm boy that, you know, I've been keeping an eye on your progress. You know, like, those types of things. Why, you know, they yeah they discuss it. See, this is funny to me because, and it reminds me of another point, but, yeah, you think about it. What's 
how's the new hope set up it's set up where when uh luke sees the hologram of leia going help me obi-wan your only hope luke's like well i don't know obi-wan but there's an old hermit named we call him ben yeah ben kenobi like he didn't know him that well right this was not marty and doc brown this was oh yeah there's this guy kicking around the desert that comes to town every once in a while for supplies exactly but and he knows who he is at the end of the movie he's fucking crushed yeah and they looking at it, they knew each other for like a couple hours. Seriously. Yeah. Their entire relationship is a couple of hours. And and Luke is crushed by his death. He's not like, oh, mm-hmm. that sucks. He's like, no, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. And then when he comes back, this is the one- like his kindly grandpa. Like, it's like, I don't really know you, buddy. I, what the hell? Well, they had that connection. Yeah. I and guess. he, Luke, is leaving his home planet. He's going on an adventure with this one person that he obviously doesn't know but he trusts and so well that also leads me to another point the, the part that maybe bugged me might it might have bugged me the most about uh about uh the force awakens was the fact that they reveal that han and leia named their kid ben there's no yeah. reason on the planet they would have done that like han solo knew obi-wan kenobi even less than luke did and leia didn't meet him at all leia never met him right so why wouldn't on the planet would they ever name their kid Ben? Why in space would they ever name their kid Ben? Because he's a central character to the Star Wars universe. <laughs> nostalgia called for it. Yep, yep. <laughs> Plus so. it was a signal to the, the real nerds out there that, yeah, you know that in the extended universe, Luke names his kid Ben. But since we've already taken that name, you know this shit ain't going to happen. <laughs> right. Yep, it's good. Yeah. Well, Bug so uh, hyperspace dick. Hyper dick. Hyperspace dicked. Hyperspace. Um. But if you go to Google and you type in Star Wars Minute, they have their own website that you can watch the episodes. Another really good source of information is the Wikipedia. You ever been there? Yeah, I've seen that, yeah. Yeah, they are the keepers of a lot of information. Yep. Lots. So what kind of stuff do you know about? I, like, I always like to, and I know you do, the behind-the-scenes stuff about, like, yeah, I know you like watching commentary and director's cuts. Yep. Have you heard anything behind the scenes about them making these movies that ever tickled your fancy, stood out to you, something like that? Well, they played back, I want to say, in the 80s, early 80s, because Star Wars came out in 77 originally, hmm. and it was named Star Wars. They didn't... <laughs> Do you know the original name that Lucas wanted? Uh, Rat Salad. <laughs> Rat, Rat Salad, Guns and, Guns and Stars, I think it was. <laughs> No, I have it here because I, I heard this once and it was the craziest thing. The original film, the working title was uh, Adventures of Luke Starkiller as taken from the Journal of the Wills, Saga 1, The Star Wars. Yes. That was the entire title. Well, of you know that that's all been used up, right? Yeah, they've used the elements of that and the uh, different things. Rogue, the Wills, the Keeper of the Wills was in Rogue One. I think they even had the Journal of the Will somewhere. Yeah, well, maybe the, that was extended. No, that was in the like. Oh, maybe the cartoon. Yeah, it was either the cartoon or the like the the Wookie Christmas special, which <laughs> was terrible. I've heard that was like a, such a train wreck. It might be just entertaining. Like, don't they have Chewbacca's yeah. grandpa or something like that in there? Yeah, it's a. Uh, um, it's just it's on YouTube. Anybody listening right now, stop what you're doing, hit pause on the podcast, and go type in Wookiee Christmas Special into YouTube <laughs> and then watch it. It is all that in a bag of chips. Yeah. Um, but the uh, Starkiller base was used in Episode 7. And... There was a video game with Vader's Secret Apprentice, and he was called Starkiller, but that might not be canon now. It probably isn't canon now. It's so. not. Yeah. The only video game 
that is canon is a side quest from Battlefront. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not even the full game, just a side quest. The full game's just like a head-to-head shooter, I think, if I remember. Yeah. I never played it, but... Yeah, but uh, anyway, yeah, the Keepers of the Wills. Yeah. They were the, the Asian dudes. And Wills is W-H-I-L-L-S. So it's Wills. Wills. Cool Wills. <laughs> um, yeah, but Star Wars came out in 77 with just the title Star Wars. And that, do you know what it was called when it was filming? Uh, Blue Harvest, right? Yeah, Blue Harvest. Yeah. That was the, which I think is a typical thing when they're making a big blockbuster movie. Yeah, give it a fake name so it doesn't give it a fake name. Yeah. But, um, so then in 1981, it got reissued. And when it was reissued, it was titled Episode 4, A New Hope. Um, oh, they didn't, I didn't know that. So it wasn't even Episode 4 until just before Jedi came out? Well, Jedi came out in 83, but, um, Empire, I think, came out in 80. Yeah. And then they reissued uh, episode four and actually called it episode four. And then they reissued episode five right before uh, Jedi came out. Hmm. So, uh, but back then in the early 80s, they used to play a lot of, they'd, like, they'd put on a block of TV that was like a half hour of Industrial Light and Magic, like the making of. And I remember distinctly the practical effects that they were using, like the miniatures and the models and stuff like that, that absolutely fascinated me so much to the point that that's what I wanted to do when I, you know, grew up. And when I was a kid, that's what I wanted to do was I wanted to be in practical effects that never materialized, but still that's what I wanted. Um, As far as the making of the rest, I always felt like the making of was a totally and completely separate thing from the actual movie. I was a I I put a huge wedge between the two simply because I have I still have it somewhere. I could probably dig it out. Um back then every blockbuster movie that got made would have a magazine on the magazine rack where you could flip through the pages and it would be behind the scenes. Yeah, I remember stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I had Star Wars, I have it. I know I still have it. And it is full of bullshit. <laughs> it is full of things that never were ever going to be canon, but it made it sound good. For example, like it had a whole article on stormtroopers and who they were and what they what their <laughs> intentions were. And let me guess, never once they say they're a bunch of clones of one guy who's also Boba Fett. <laughs> No, it did not say that. It uh, did It did talk about cloning, but they basically were like tough, grizzled dudes that if they lived long enough to retire, they would retire to this one planet that was like a luxury planet. And I don't know. It was like back then you can associate it. But now that you know the whole story, it was bullshit, total and complete. Just like <laughs> we have to, there are going to be people that are curious about these things. We have to make something up. And it was like, unofficial it was official but it was unofficial this is what this means right, and this right. is what that um so anyway that's what i that's what i take away from like the behind the scenes stuff and it was very fascinating to me as a kid see i don't as a kid i love star wars watch and rewatch the movies but i was never into it enough that i pursued anything like i remember seeing magazines like that but i didn't buy them i remember even the toys of all the legions of toys i had Star Wars is probably the most underrepresented. Like, I know I had a Boba Fett toy that I lost in my backyard, 
I'm still wondering if to, to this day, if we dug up the backyard, you'd find that sucker back there. But in a handful, and I remember there's these kids, not friends of mine, but their parents were friends of my parents. So I went over to the house once and the kid had fucking everything. He had a Millennium Falcon. He had, I mean, I was like thoroughly impressed by this kid, kind of jealous, but uh, I did not have the toys to that extent. So my Star Wars, you know, Gaga on this was just the movies and that was it. So I couldn't tell you anything about behind the scenes or the effects. Like I learned anything about that long after I was already an adult. Hmm. Sadly enough. Well, did not, I did not enhance my experience. I'll do my best to locate that and uh, bring it in. <laughs> that would be cool. I would love to see that. Yeah. I've sought out some stuff on eBay. I've, I actually, I had a bunch of books, like pop-up books and stuff like that. When I was a kid, I remember getting them for, Christmas one year or whatever, and I they've since been lost, and then I found them on eBay, priced just right, so I, I actually picked them up. So I've got a bunch of stuff that I'm trying to replenish my collection, or at least my, not my set, no, my, my collection, because mm-hmm. there's no way that I, the Star Wars memorabilia is a lot like Disney memorabilia, as far as I'm concerned, that it's almost not quantifiable, <laughs> if, if that makes sense. Like you're never going to get it all, or you're never going to put it into a category. Almost like they've made so much Star Wars stuff that it would, it seems to me that it would be impossible to pinpoint every single piece of merchandise and quantify it in a list. You know, somebody somewhere might have that, but there's a guy that they put in charge of that. um, Steve Sansweet. Have you ever heard of him? Mm, No. He was like the keeper of the merchandise and he was a total and complete expert on Star Wars, and uh, he knew, he was, if there was ever anybody that was as close to quantifying all Star Wars merchandise, he was the guy, and he, he put out a book. This, huh? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. By, Talk about a dream job. Jeez. Yeah. And I don't think he started out that way. I think he started out as just like a private dude that had an interest. That's what you do. You like you become like a super geek, but if you, if you go past the gray area, you can become king of the super geeks, and then you can monetize that shit you go to the source and you're like hey by the way all on my own i've collected every single thing you put out and i know everything about everything so if you're trying to make a new book or a movie talk to me and i can tell you where not to get tripped up and tied up in a continuity knot and they're like yeah Yeah. we'll do that here's ten thousand dollars here's fifty thousand dollars here's a hundred thousand (laughs) dollars you're our man you're the go-to like right now there's somebody out there that can tell you everything nook and cranny of the marvel universe so that if they want to make a really tight narrative they'd have to go to this guy and say all right how's this character interact with this character and has this name been used for a new supervillain and blah 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 blah. which is not so important for the movies but if they want to make a new comic book they're gonna have to be on top of that shit he's the guy um it's me i'm the guy i can tell him everything (laughs) so steve sansweet not to roll it back but uh is he's the chairman and president of rancho obi-wan a non-profit museum that houses the world's largest collection of Star Wars memorabilia. Um, he was a writer that had an interest in all this stuff, a lecturer. Um, Sansweet turned his love of Star Wars saga into a second career, acting as Lucasfilm's liaison to fans worldwide. He did presentations at well over 100 conventions in the U.S., yada, yada, yada. He appeared on more than 50 hours of Star Wars collectibles programming on QVC. Hmm. Uh <laughs> he was uh, the head of fan relations, and he stepped down in 2011. So I wonder who got that job. Somebody not as good, I'm guessing. <laughs> Seems like, oh my god, what do I get myself into? I don't know any of this shit. Yeah. Wow. I love Luke Starwalker. He's my favorite. Oh, wow. Let me read you this. 
in June of 2017, so last month, Sansweet said that he was a victim of theft and that over 100 items from his collection have been stolen, the majority of them vintage U.S. and foreign carded action figures, many of them rare and important pieces. Reportedly, I think I heard this. Well, like a friend of his did that, right? Yeah, reportedly several of those pieces have already been resold or professionally appraised for a total of more than $200,000. According to Sansweet, a man named Carl Edward Cunningham, whom Sansweet refers to as a good and trusted friend, surrendered yeah. to police at the end of March, but is currently out on bail pending additional hearings. Wow, I, I didn't know that. You know so. this guy Carl was sitting there burning up with just greed and envy for years, looking at all yeah. this stuff like- probably like sit on shelves going oh my god you know what i could get for this oh my god like he'll, just he'll never know it's gone making little plans yeah exactly getting getting to be his friend so he knows which ones are the rare you know valuable pieces that are gonna go for some real money and yeah yeah yep so star wars love it so let me ask you obviously the answer the, the immortal question is you know are you a star trek fan or a star wars fan for both of us i'm sure the answer is obviously star, star wars. wars yeah why is it Star Wars? What is, what is it about your sci-fi that Star Wars appeals to you over something like Star Trek? For me, 100% nostalgia. Because I could just as easily be a Star Trek fan. As a matter of fact, the physics of Star Trek appeal more to me than Star mm-hmm. Wars. Um, I love the science side of Star Trek, but for some reason it does not translate to me like Star right. Wars does. And I think a lot of that has to do with, because I watched it, at a formidable age and i wanted to be involved i wanted to be in the star wars universe i wanted to be you know what i mean and i loved the every characters. kid in the world wants to be a jedi yeah yeah and i loved the characters and i think that's what the difference is because i i love things like firefly and firefly is very true to science i mean not not so totally that you know like not necessarily faster than light speed, but they they pay attention to details like there's no sound in outer space and like gravity affects things in certain ways. And yeah. so, I mean, they don't do a perfect job. Like one of the things that has always bugged me a little bit, but I've let it go, is the uh, the gravity inside the Millennium Falcon when they're in outer space <laughs> and how how people are affected when they're in a spaceship like the Millennium Falcon. So I kind of just let that go. You have to you have to just know in your head that that's a set that they're acting on and it's not yeah, about yeah, yeah. the what you're watching is not about the physics. It's about the characters in the story. And you could probably say, "Oh, there's special gravi- graviton <laughs> things that run through the ship that create we have fake a gravity making machine. Boom, done." <laughs> yeah, you know, it's science fiction. You can do whatever you want, but you know, so well, I think Star Trek does that right. I don't think necessarily they do it perfect, but they do physics better than Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, sci-fi, I've always heard it described, you can, you can divide sci-fi up, at least the spaceship type of flavor of sci-fi where you're in outer space flying through galaxies and whatnot. You can divide that up into two, two very broad categories, which is hard science and space opera. So the, the, the avatars of these two genres, if you, for want of a better word, is hard science will be Star Trek, space opera will be Star Wars. Yeah. What they mean by that is you're never going to get anything 100% right with a hard science, but they will make the attempt. They'll try to explain to you how their communicators work, how their transporters work, what a for- photon torpedo is, what right. a tractor beam is, how the shields work, what so on and so forth. They're going to 
if they see another alien race, they'll get into their culture and why they act the way they act, you know, stuff like that. Um, a really good example for most people is the book Dune. It was mm-hmm. like, it's supposed to be like the king of hard sci-fi. Well, maybe not the king, but for a lot of people it is. Because the guy, Frank Herbert, goes into exhaustive detail about how the suits work and what spice is and what their society's like and all that stuff. But then you got space opera, which is, all it is is real tried true themes set in space. The hero's journey, the saving the damsel in distress, the fight with the evil dark bad guy who's super and evil, super dark, the triumphant overcoming at the end, the, you know, all the different stuff that is you you could take the exact same story and put it in any setting and barely have to tweak anything but the set right the props so that's space opera that's yeah we're in spaceships we're not going to worry about the hard science we're not going to worry about why he can make the castle run in parsecs instead of light years right or uh what i guess light years wouldn't help either anyways whatever <laughs> but uh you know why can why why you know why we can walk around the millennium falcon why a giant space worm on an asteroid can live without oxygen or study food supply you know stuff like that full of minox yeah yeah that's how the minox living you know shit like that why can they breathe inside this worm how can they step outside the ship and breathe inside this worm's gut that makes no sense but we're not going to dwell on that because it's a dramatic you know the caves right. collapsing that's not a cave you know it's it serves not, it serves yeah. the scene yeah it's it's exciting that's space opera so i'm like you like on paper I feel like I should be a more of a Star Trek fan because I am yeah. really into scientific stuff. I love reading about quantum mechanics and black holes and what, what gravity sp- might be. I love reading new science news, but Star Trek never grabbed me. I like some of the movies well enough, but I never sat down and watched a TV show to any any of the TV shows to any real extent. Never read any of the novelizations or the books that have to do with it. I, ne- I watched most of those movies once, call it good. Whereas Star Wars, I keep going back to over and over again because it appeals to you. Like, there's no little kids in the world that are going to be grabbed by Star Trek. Not really. But every little kid in the world is grabbed by Star Wars. Right. And you grow up with that knowledge. Like, I want to be a Jedi. I'll find myself, if I'm sitting there bored, looking at like a plastic bottle on a table going, this time, I'm totally going to use the force <laughs> to move that bitch. It's going to happen this time. Yeah. Grab my hands together, rub them, you know, do the whole thing. You don't have enough midichlorians, though. Ah, damn it. Probably because I got my gallbladder taken out. Or else I could have done it. Yeah, I'm sure that's that would put is. me over the top. Maybe you need to find somebody else and like rip their gallbladder out and put it in your body. Eat it. Eat it for the midichlorians. If I start drinking bone marrow, I think that would work. Yeah, that's what I want to be... see. The news story. Why did you kill all those people so I could use the force? <laughs> oh, it makes Dead sense. Serious. Yeah, yeah. And then everybody will be like, I, "Actually, I know what you're talking about. You wanted the midichlorians, didn't you?" Yep. Yeah. And then you can sue George Lucas for steering you wrong. If you yep. never said midi-chlorians, you never would have done it. You get some of that $4 billion. Boom. i just take a billion. He'd still have three. Yeah. Greedy bastard. What a son of a bitch. I'd even take some of that money and give it to the families of the people I killed. Because I would no, a nice guy. Nah, like, you wouldn't. I'd give them like 100000 each. That, that would, and I would kill only assholes so they wouldn't really miss them. So they'd be like, hey, dickbag Uncle Don is dead and I get $100,000 because of it? It's sweet. Yeah. Everybody but, wins. But you also inherit all of his flat-brimmed hats. Ah, damn it. There's always a there's always a shady underside. There's always a hook. Yeah, and you have to wear at least one a week. It's in the will. <sighs> so I've got to uh, I've got to say that we could probably sit here and talk for more hours. It's true. Hours and hours on Star Wars. So maybe make this a two parter. We'll come back like our uh, Game of Thrones episode. We'll have to come back to it. Yeah, I want to come back when uh, the Last Jedi comes out, so we can talk about it again. Yeah, oh yeah. So this uh, this fall, get ready. This fall is slash winter. Give us a episode and then Star Wars episode. 
Yeah. Speaking of Game of Thrones, did you see the uh, the meme going around of Bran talking to Sansa? Mm, no. And it's a it's a list of the things he could have told her. Oh. <laughs> so it's like he could have said, uh, "Jon Snow's a Targaryen." Yep. He could have said, "Littlefinger killed your father." Yep. And he could Arya's have said, "Ari is alive." Instead, he says, "You looked pretty on the night you were raped." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, essentially yes i liked watching that one over and over again lick yeah. his lips like there's literally like 10 things he could have said that would have been far oh more useful God. yeah he came off as like robot boy now that was a little weird the whole scene yeah. everybody yeah. now every fan of that showed now is like okay that was a wash what happens when aria comes back let's see what happens yeah Maybe that'll re- the, yeah. the tearful reunion so right. do, do you have a trivia question i do okay do you have one I have one. Ah, uh, who would first? Like- I don't know. I'll I'll go first this time, okay. just because uh, it's totally and completely unrelated and disgusting, mm. and uh, I just I want to ask it. What is the most common non-contagious disease in the world? The most common non-contagious. Yep. Well, I guess it, people define diseases as we're like drug addictions a disease, right? So. Yeah, I suppose I'm not. Yeah. I'm not counting alcoholism as a disease. Yeah, even definitely. though it probably is. But I don't know. Maybe okay. The most, the most common non-contagious disease in the world, and it's gross. You said it was gross. Um, hemorrhoids. No, but that is gross. Uh, and who knows how common that is? Penile leakage. <laughs> no, but I no. This isn't even a symptom of that. <laughs> that is gross. Too. Uh, what? I, I think disease. I think contagious so um, it's to me it is a surprise because i didn't know this and i never would have considered nope Hmm. you ready acne like if you rub your acne field face against somebody else they're gonna get acne or skittle acne something like that i feel like now that we're talking about this this might be a cop-out but according to the internets this is true so i'm gonna take it okay you ready i'm ready i got nothing tooth decay that's the most common yeah, I can see that. Yeah, actually, yeah, that does make sense. I mean, unless you've got perfect teeth, virtually everybody has tooth decay. Yeah, so. the fact that people are now keeping their teeth well into their old age is like unprecedented in human history. Usually, your teeth start falling out by the time you're fucking mid thirties or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> and that they're even semi-white is amazing achievement in human history. Yeah, my teeth are the color of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> well, most people's teeth are like slightly yellow. If you yeah. get bleached, that's when you get. White. I mean, you have to actually do a procedure to have white teeth. Nobody's just going to brush and floss every day and keep their teeth totally white. That just doesn't happen. Yeah, my teeth are fairly straight. I had braces, and they're. Uh, but I. That's what I usually like. Every time I go and have a a filling or anything put in, and my dentist is mixing the color to match my teeth. I'm always <laughs> like, you, you got that coffee color in there. Oh, I I was talking to Rob the other day, and he made me all paranoid. He's like, apparently, and I didn't even realize this that. Years and years ago, when they give kids fillings, they're using mercury. Yep. So a lot of people still have mercury, and I and I'm like, I got fillings. So I always thought they were just like silver or something. So I probably have mercury fillings slowly leaking into my body over mm-hmm. the course of years. What's that doing to me? We both know somebody that's had all of the mercury fillings taken out of their head as an adult. Yeah, he's well. Rob said he that that was happening to a lot of people that the baby boomers and stuff are going and getting that procedure done. Now I want it done. You I'm paranoid. You, you work in the same office as somebody that did it. Oh, yeah? Yes. Who is that? A certain female that works one desk over. To my left? No, to your right. 
Oh, around the corner. Yes. Okay, I gotcha. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, she's had a procedure done. Yeah, that makes sense too. All of the, <laughs> that all makes of perfect sense. Thing. Yeah, and I guess it was it was hard. So Ooh. anyway, I have to talk to her about it. But yes, that was that's kind of that is kind of gross because tooth decay is nasty. Like you've seen like some of the inmates we've had when you see their nasty ass teeth. I don't even want to talk to them. I don't want to look yeah. at them. It's it's super super off putting. Smell their breath. Ugh. So you trivia. Just tonguing the stumps all day long. <laughs> just like, oh, this one's a big thing. <laughs> yes, they are tonguing the stumps. Oh, God. I'm using that. I'm using, I am. I'm going to use that again soon. <laughs> that's going to become That's going to become something on this podcast. There's a personal challenge. Use it tomorrow. Oh, yeah. I'll be tonguing the stumps tomorrow. No, you got to say that out loud. Oh, I will. <laughs> Look at you over there. What are you doing? Tonguing your stumps. <laughs> Why somebody go, what the fuck? That's right. And then don't, they say, yes. don't let me yeah. get all hyperspace dicked on you. Well, when you tongue the stump, that's a like a seductive call to get hyperspace. <laughs> that's, come, that's, that's in space. That's a come hither look. It's tonguing the stump. <laughs> that's, that's pretty funny. That's what Hans said. It's like he's telling war stories. That's that was like the deleted scene. So like, yeah, and this one Arcturian was tonguing her stump, but I just I, I hyperspace sticked her for parsecs. Just parsecs. That is to parsecs. Totally a conversation that I'll have sometime. <laughs> oh, it don't matter good. when it's Arcturian, baby. No, it don't matter. All right, All right. okay. My question, I got it. Okay, I'm this gonna get this. Not, this was not gross. It's just I thought it was very noteworthy. I ran across this a few days ago. So in the Sudan. The country. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. It's a real Where's country. Sudanese people come from. Where the Sudanites, as I like to call them, the Sudanalis, uh, <laughs> they have a special penalty for armed robbery. Can you guess what penalty they have for armed robbery? It, it is something you have heard of, I guarantee. Okay. So I'm going to say that... If I'll you... even say... Wait, wait. I'll even give you... Just right to the heart of it. I'll give you this big hint. It is a form of execution, in fact. Jesus. So so the penalty is death. Yes. But how you die. Right. Okay. The method. So, so I'm guessing that if you get caught stealing something, they cut your hand off. So This is it, armed robbery. That's, that's right. disarmed robbery. <laughs> armed robbery, the execution by bifurcation. <gasps> that would be awesome. This one's a little more poetic. Oh, uh, they rip your arms out of your sockets via horse. Oh, I was going to say, because eventually that might happen, but not by horse. They put you on the rack? So close. I'll say this. You technically hit the nail on the head. Crucifixion. Boom. <laughs> wow. You said, Arm- Jesus. I'm like, ah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I was going to say. So, so you armed robbery and they crucify you. In Sudan, according to this, penalty for armed robbery is crucifixion. Sitting there, tongue in your stump, up on your cross. Yep. In hyperspace, dicked. <laughs> wow. So it's death. Death for armed robbery. Yep. They, they, they don't fuck around in Sudan, man. They're like, you know what? We're going to make, send a message. I wonder how often this happens. Seriously. Well, I doubt much. Well, this would be a very good social experiment about its capital punishment, uh, actually a deterrent or not because crucifixion it sucks <laughs> from what i understand yeah penalty for hyperspace dick which is earth version of armed robbery. 
or a space version of armor. Yeah, I can see that. You're you're flying around in your hyperspace and you get dicked. They robbed you of your security and their well being. And possibly their, virginity. With their yeah, possibly. With their third arm. So that's <laughs> Ooh. That's armed this robbery. Is, this is gonna be good. Uh so in Singapore, cheating is punished with imprisonment of up to one year or a fine or both. Cheating Ag- like adultery or cheating like on a test? Uh I don't know. Cheating. Hmm. Aggravated cheating is punishable under the Singapore Penal Code, Chapter 224, Section 420, with imprisonment for a term of seven years, and the offender is also liable to fine. Imprisonment is mandatory. Mm. So that's like when you're cheating, then you take a picture to taunt your spouse. That's aggravated cheating. Wow. Singapore and the Sudan. Brothers in barbarity or avant-garde social punishment? Wow. They're the second highest. Singapore's second highest in capital punishment. Only behind Turkmenistan. Oh, fucking Turkmenistan. You know what they do in Turkmenistan? Uh, tongue their stumps. No, no, no. They uh, they pour ants on your feet until you die of boredom. Because <laughs> the ants don't do anything but walk around. <laughs> I was building up, wasn't I? That was going to be some dramatic shit everybody was waiting for. It was. What do they do in Turkmenistan? Oh, my God. Eh, ants. You're just standing there. You can't go anywhere. You're looking at the ants do their thing. You're like, wow, this sucks. Ants are boring as hell. I want to die. And then you do. Well, I see it, yeah. Three men sentenced to death by crucifixion. Man, I wonder if there are any pictures. <laughs> I've awakened something. Oh, yeah, this is some nasty shit. Yeah, ooh, damn. See, now I'm watching a reaction video of you. That's right. <laughs> and they like nope. to they like to pose, uh, like, so they'll cut the hand off a guy and then pose it with the knife that they cut the hand off with. That's pretty cool. That's kind of artsy crafty. Yeah. Whew. Man, they don't. I don't fuck around. <laughs> so one of the many reasons why you shouldn't go to the Sudan, I'm guessing. No, I, I wouldn't go over there. But here's an actual hand cutting off that they're, yeah, that's cool. wonder if that guy knew that day that he was getting his hand cut off. <laughs> Woke up that morning. Well, bye-bye, lefty. It's good knowing you. Yeah. What if they give you a choice? You want to have your left hand or right hand cut off? You know, at that point, I wouldn't. I'd be like, you know what? We're just going to start cutting. It's going to suck for you either way. Like no officials. officials. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> Screw you. No, what you do is stalk him for a while. Wait till he, you know, does a little slap and tickle with his meat. Watch which hand he uses. Cut that one off just to, you know. That's some evil shit right there. That's Yeah, that's messed up, right? <laughs> Sends a message, though. <laughs> All right. Well, I am, uh, I'm going to sign off. I'm going to hyperspace away. You're going to hyperspace dick away. You're going to hyperspace away my dick. Wait, no. Damn. Wait. It's bad. God, I really think my name tonight should be something tongue and stumps, but that's too easy. <laughs> Speaking of... This has been uh, Hyperspace Dict saying, dip me in your Monday milk. And I'm uh, Bob. I got nothing. Let's see. What do I got? What's a good one? What's a good callback? I'm ruining the moment. The magic's leaving. Bob, Journal of the Wills. <laughs> Stumpy Scully. Saying. Willing you a good night and a uh, happy galaxy far, far away. All right. See you later. Dip me in your Monday milk. Bye. Bye-bye.